Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, um, this... <laughs> Thanks, Karen. As um, this word's been burning on my heart for several months now, and as I was um, trying to get my thoughts organized and down on paper, um, God is really setting us up. So hang on to your hat and keep your arms and legs inside the ride at all times. This morning, um, the the title that I'm title of my message is "Are You Prepared?" Now, you know immediately, usually in a setting like this, if I ask this question, "Are you prepared?" The first thing we think of is disaster or uh, some major tragedy and we got to run to Wegmans or, you know, buy food for the next eight months or water or whatever, which is all well and good, but that's not what I'm talking about. Um, what What the Lord has been speaking to me personally in several areas of my life in the last several months has been about being prepared for answered prayer. You know, I, I'm reminded of uh, back when Jesus came, you know, the, they'd been prophesying and prophesying and prophesying that he was coming, and they knew the scripture, but the very ones who had studied it and told it and taught about it were the very ones who didn't recognize it when Good. it showed up. Good. Excellent. Excellent. And, you know, we, I, I know me personally, and I know many people here, have been crying out to God for revival for years. But there's a time when we have to take the next step and prepare for what's coming. Different areas of your life. Um, for me personally, it's been my health. You know, um, I, you know, to be honest with you, the thing that spurred me on to want to lose weight was, you know, I know you've watched me lead worship. I'm kind of gymnastic when I do it. And I don't want my body to hold me back from what my spirit wants to do. And so, you know, I was, you know, people say, what do you want? Why am I going to the gym? Why do I want to lose weight? Because I want to worship God with my whole body and give glory to him. And I want my whole life to be a testimony. And for me personally, I felt convicted that being overweight wasn't a good testimony to the Lord. So, or the area of finances, God's been speaking to me in my life about that. So this morning, um, I just want to say, we are in a great place right now. We are in an awesome place, not just here, but in the body of Christ in general. And if anybody's watching the news, you might ask me, are you crazy? Have you been watching the news? Yes, I have. And you know what? Everything is shaking. And that's awesome. That is awesome. Because, you know, Isaiah 60, sometimes we get a little stuck on verse 2. About, you know, deep darkness covering the earth. 
But if you read all of uh, chapter 60 of Isaiah, that's the only negative thing that's said in the whole book. It's all promise. It's all about the glory of God coming to the earth and being made manifest and the lightness and people being drawn to you because the glory of God is coming. And so when I see the shaking and when I see things falling apart, I rejoice, not because they're falling apart, because now it's time for us to rise up and take our place. Because it's not God's will for things. You know, I, I don't want to get into end time teaching, but I get a little aggravated with the whole, you know, destruction and doom crowd. God is coming back for a glorious, victorious church. And um, so I've been really challenged to prepare. It says in uh, 1 Chronicles 12, 32, that the sons of Issachar were men who understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do. I decided to look up the word do. Two letters, how complicated could it be? But it actually, one of the meanings of the word do is prepare. How the sons of Israel should prepare. What they should produce. What they should accomplish. We see the promise shaking all around us. And the word tells us, you know, I see the shaking as a promise, not a spanking. That's just how I see it. Um, It talks about, because in Hebrews it says, yet once more I will shake not only earth but also the heaven. And then you look in Luke 21 and 25, I'll start there, and it says, there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on the earth dismay among the nations and perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves Men fainting from fear and the expectation of the things which are coming upon the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. The powers of the heavens will be shaken. Now you read on and it says that the kingdom of God can't be shaken. So what powers are shaking? It isn't God. And it isn't the kingdom. Which means the enemy is in a really precarious position right now. Because his kingdom is about to crumble. When we see the shaking, our response need not be fear or worry, freaking out. Because we're not, we're kingdom citizens. We're not of this world. It doesn't mean we don't have compassion for the people around us. But if we are going to have people drawn to the lightness and the brightness of our dawning, then we're the ones that cannot be shaken and cannot be shaken by what we see around us. Heaven is coming to earth. What have we been praying for? On earth as it is in heaven. Let me tell you, as heaven comes to earth, things are going to shake even more. Because the powers of hell have got to go somewhere. And they're going to freak out because they know their time is coming to an end. We need to be prepared for the awesome revival that's upon us. We are in the very beginning stages 
of a move of God like no one has ever seen. You know, I'm, I'm kind of just young enough that I wasn't really part of the whole Jesus movement. It was a little ahead of me. But um, my parents were ministering to young adults in those times when I was a little kid, and I remember having young people, teenagers, young adults in our home all the time. My dad opened a coffee house that was kind of popular back then with some other men in the city that we lived in, and um, they did it because a lot of the churches weren't receiving the young people that were getting saved because of how they looked. You know, those long hair hippie freaks. Some, you know, and the people out in California, they didn't wear shoes when they entered the building, you know. I mean, out here you couldn't kind of do that because you get frostbite. But, <laughs> um, but you know, so I, you know, I don't, I, I wasn't involved in it, but I kind of remember the things that were going on. And we are about to see something like we've never seen before, and that was pretty amazing. So are you prepared? Are you prepared for what's coming? You know, God has been faithful, and he is preparing us. But we have to engage in the process. We can't just be spectators. You know, Isaiah 40, verse 3 says, A voice calling, clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth the desert, in the desert, a highway for our God. Um, I like the message version. It says, thunder in the desert, prepare for God's arrival. Make the road straight and smooth, a highway fit for our God. The challenge for me personally has been, do I need to clear the way for God in my life and make room? I mean, we all have our, our schedules, right? We all have our routines. Are you ready to have your routine upset? Are you ready to not have a routine? We say that we want to be a spirit-led people, but are you really ready for what that looks like? We're not talking about service. I mean, come on, like we can do church. But can you be church in your life? These are things the Lord's been speaking to me specifically. And I'm just, um, you know, it's not me preaching at you. This is really coming from my heart because God's been talking to me. Abraham Lincoln, I was looking up some... Uh, quotes on preparation. This is, I love this. If I, had, if I had eight hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend six sharpening my axe. <laughs> Zig Ziglar says, You were born to win, but to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win, and expect to win. And then what is it that you say all the time? Victory loves preparation. From our very own Pastor Ralph. Ben Franklin uh, said, by failing to prepare, you prepare you're preparing to fail. Um, you know, an example of not being prepared um, are lottery winners. 
Okay, I was reading a statistic that said 70% of all lottery winners are broke in two years. Doesn't matter how much money they win. Why, why is that? It's because um, they, they had, a, they had a, a poverty mindset going in and nothing changed except for the amount of money they were stewarding. And if your thinking doesn't change, then it doesn't matter the amount of the provision. The answer, you know, the results are still going to be the same. What is a, a, a natural example of things that we do prepare for? Well, we prepare to have babies. I mean, how many people have been to a shower, right? A baby is coming, especially if it's your first one. There's lots of preparation. Maybe you read some books or talk to some moms that you know, mom and dads that have been doing this before, or. Uh, you know, there's lots of preparation. We gotta, we gotta put, nurse, you know, furniture in the nursery. We gotta have clothes. We got a little baby clothes. You know, I remember when my niece was born. My oldest niece, she's like, twenty, I don't know, twenty-seven now, maybe. She has little ones of her own. But I remember when she was born. You know, my brothers and and my sister-in-law, my brother, my sister-in-law, my my other brother, my sister. We would go to. Do you remember? You know, Menden Ponds. I don't know if you've ever been there. But we lived down in Bloomfield, and we used to go there in the summertime, and, you know, we could just, like, pick up and say, hey, let's go to Menden Ponds, and, you know, off we go, and, you know, you'd have a couple of, grab your suit, and, you know, it wasn't a big deal. That baby came, oh, my goodness. (laughs) Going to Menden Ponds was like, it just took us an hour to get out the door. I mean, those small little babies got a lot of junk. I mean, you know, you got the, we, we couldn't just go to the beach. We had to take a little blow-up pool for the little thing, you know, and then we got to have a little tent because you can't be out in the sun. I mean, you know, having a baby is like a big deal. You know, these things that we can do as adults, not so, not so much with a baby. One of my favorite stories of being prepared um, is a story about Finney. Back in the 1830s, he was a pastor of a church in Ohio, and they were having, it was a farming community, they were having a terrible drought. And uh, they'd been praying for a, for a long time for rain. And one morning he woke up, and he, it was a Sunday morning, he said, I'm praying for rain today at church. So he gets to the church, and he gets up front, and he says, I'm, you know, he leads and he prays for rain. And he doesn't just pray for rain, he prays for rain before the service ends. And, you know, it's like it, it's been a clear, cloudless sky for weeks on end. Not a cloud anywhere. It wasn't like puffy whites. There's nothing. And um, so he prayed. He prayed it would, you know, and then he finished his prayer, and they just went on with the service. And about halfway through the sermon, they heard thunder. Before the sermon was over, the rain on the roof was so loud, you could barely hear in the sanctuary. And people began to weep and rejoice at the answered prayer for this break in the drought. But the people who retell the story said the part that they remember is when they walked into church that Sunday, leaning against the pulpit was an umbrella. He didn't come just prepared to pray. He came prepared for the answer. Hallelujah. 
yeah, there was a prophetic word um, that came out in the breathe service a couple of weeks ago about being that something had shifted in the heavenlies to to mark your calendar to look because God had done something. God had made a shift. Are you prepared? What will, what will life look like when that baby we've been praying for arrives? Any parent here can tell you, you don't know, now how to, no matter how prepared you get. But at the same time, you still have to prepare. Um, we've been talking about in recent weeks in the different sermons, last, last time Grace talked about Everyone is called. What do you have in your hand? Um, then Mark talked about us all being, um, having every light, every part of our life fulfilling purpose in the kingdom, whether it's your job or your free time. And then Steve talked about what the promised land looks like for each of us as we enter in. And then Ralph started the year off with um, that we wanted to be a healthy, safe place. Why are these words being released? Because God is preparing us for something. Amen. It's not for us to just come and say, wow, that was a good word. But the preparation can't end in the four walls of this house. The preparation has to go beyond because each of us has to be prepared. It's not about the leadership. Because when, when, when this starts to really get going, welcome to leadership, everybody. Because right. you're all in. That's right. It's not just a few. Good. Now, you might say, what, what, what do you mean, like, get prepared? That can be kind of an elusive term, you know. What does it look like? It's going to look different for each of us. Right. Maybe you've been praying for people that you work with. And, you know, you've been praying for them a long time. Are you prepared for when they start coming to ask you questions? Are you prepared for maybe having to go to work a little bit early because you've got to meet with somebody? Or maybe God wants you to have a Bible study at your work. Are you prepared for the neighbors that you've been praying for forever? What happens when they show up at your door and their finances are a mess and they know that you're good with money? Or their children are freaking out and they, they look at your kids and go, wow, how do you do that? Are you ready? Because part of being ready isn't just being able to do the four spiritual laws. People need answers to problems. And are you ready for those practical answers to problems so that then you can bring the spiritual answer that they really need? Is your, is your schedule, you know, part of being healthy, we're talking about healthy and getting, you know, healthy eating and our fitness. Um, part of that is our schedules are going to get full. It just is going to happen. You know, when I, I, when I gave my life to Jesus, I said, it's yours. It's not my own anymore. It's not mine. 
And when you have need of me, I am here. Well, sometimes that need of you could be inconvenient. I know as a pastor's daughter, you know, sometimes that pastoral thing was a real pain in the butt. Because when people need you, it's not really very convenient. But, you know, there's people in this room that have a pastoral call on your life, but it it won't ever be outside of anything but your job. You have a pastoral call in your life, but it's for your neighborhood. There are people that have five-fold ministry calls in this place, and and they're to be lived out in the community. Are you ready? Are you prepared? You've been praying for financial increase. What are you going to do with the money when you get it? I mean, you know, that parable of the talents wasn't just a good story. It was about money. (laughs) I mean, we talk about talents like giftings and stuff, but it was about money. Are you prepared? Does God maybe want you to buy land? Where are you supposed to invest it? Those people were given money and expected to grow it. So where are you going to grow it, and how are you going to sow it? You're asking for money. You've got to make a plan. Do you, have you looking around for financial advisors? Do you know anybody's name? These are all things that God is challenging me with. These are all things, because I've been praying for a lot of stuff. And God says, are you ready for the answer? He's getting us ready, but we need to engage in that process with him. You've been praying for increased influence, maybe at your job. Are you ready? Have you been interceding for maybe a solution to the problem that they're having at your business? Have you been praying for innovative solutions to be a problem solver? Have you been uh, for prophetic words that maybe you can give in disguise, kind of like Grace does when she prophesies to people? Isaiah 54, and this really is my life verse. Isaiah 54, 2 and 3, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Spare not, lengthen your cords and strengthen your pegs. That's the first verse. You make room, and then what happens? For you will, spread, you will be spread abroad to the right and to the left, and your descendants will possess nations, and we re- resettle desolate cities. You've got to make room for the answer. God is ready to pour out a barrel, and you're, are, do you have a barrel or you've got a cup? We are living in the end times. You know, we've always... Look, I don't know if Jesus is coming in 50 years or 10 years or 5 days. But it's closer to the end when it was when I was born. Right? So God is saying... We've heard prophetic words in this place. And yes, we need to, we need to war with those words in prayer. But guess what? I got challenged and said, maybe, maybe some of it's my own lack of preparation. 
Maybe I need to engage with something. Maybe there's something I need to engage with the Lord in preparing myself to walk and enter into the next part of the journey. Uh, Rick Joyner has these words of the week. I know Steve reads them. And uh, I, really, I really love them. And the first word of the week uh, for the year 2012, the very last paragraph just jumped off the page at me. And it says, we have a short time to prepare for the work of a lifetime. This is the time that the prophets and the righteous of old desired to see, and we have been called to live in them. This is the year to get engaged in the work of the kingdom like we never have before. Those who will those who are will begin to see like never before. The kingdom of God is at hand. Hallelujah. I was really challenged. You know, these, these are things really from my own heart that God has been challenging me and saying, you're asking for this, you're asking for that, you're asking for this. Are you prepared for the answer? You know, I don't know. There's nothing more frustrating than praying for someone and, and feeling like they're not on the same page with you. You know, like you're praying for healing, and, and they're kind of like going along with it, but, you know, they're not really thinking anything's going to happen. It's like when we, you know, praying is not something we do just for recreation. You know, we need to be a people that engage in prayer and then expect the answer. Part of preparation is expectation. And preparation reveals your expectation. And if we're not preparing, why is that? Where is our expectation level? Revelation 19.7. As we get to the end of the book, it says, Let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and the bride has made herself ready. The groom didn't dress her, she dressed herself. The bride has made herself ready. I don't know, this is going to look different. How Steve Hogan prepares for what God has for him is going to look different than how Dan Hayescamp prepares. Because their spheres of influence are different. What God has called them to do are very different things. The influence God has called them to looks different. Sue Rosser, her sphere of influence is going to be completely different than Debbie Brown's. We, we, we have to seek the Lord because after we identify what is in our hand, after we've, dis- we've identified the, the, the promised land for us, after we've determined that we're going to um, live a kingdom life and purpose in every area of our life, we have to make a change. Maybe we change our priorities. Maybe we 
give more room on our schedule. Maybe we leave for work early. Maybe we leave more time for Wegmans in case the Lord gives us an opportunity to pray for somebody there. Because soul winning is going to happen out there. People are going to get healed out there because you prayed for them. Because I prayed for them. But it's going to be because it happened while we were living our lives. But we have to make room for God. Make room for Jesus. It says the glory is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. You know, in, in Scripture, when it talks about seas and the waters, it's referring to people. A lot of times it typifies people. When I read that verse, the glory of God filling the earth as the waters cover the sea, to me it says the glory of God is going to be revealed through his people. Hallelujah. Everywhere. So this morning I just, want to, I just want to say, in what way do you and I need to clear the way in our lives for the Lord to manifest his goodness? For his glory to cover the earth in your life, in your sphere of influence. In what ways do we need to clear a way for the Lord so that we can be ready for what's coming? So when the baby comes, we're not caught by surprise. Because change is hard, change is difficult. But nothing stays the same. Your kids grow up. Life changes. All of us are facing that all the time. Church, as you know it, will change. Not because we made it, because it just will have to. Life as you know it. You know, the night that you... I like to watch American Idol. Well, you know, some night I might have to give that up because someone else needs my time. There you go. That's right. I'm just saying. We just, you know, how do we make room for him? A voice calling, clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray this morning that what you wanted to share with the people that they would remember. God, anything that was just me would be forgotten. Lord, I pray that you would show us each individually what preparing the way for the Lord looks like. How do we make room for the answered prayer, for the things we've been crying out for, for years? God, I pray that you would speak to each person here. They would hear your voice. That they'd be able to respond How do we need to reprioritize? What do we need to lay down and what do we need to pick up? Father, we want to be a place where the glory of God is revealed. 
People don't talk about us, but they talk about Jesus. The fragrance of Christ is the fragrance that is always left behind when we leave a room. Have your way, O God. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, if the prayer teams could come up and the prophetic people get ready.